0: Welcome to Conversations with Women and Hollywood. I'm Melissa Silverstein, your host. We talk with the women creatives who are making things happen in the film industry. Women in Hollywood educates, advocates, and agitates for gender equality in Hollywood and the global film industry. For daily updates on what is going on, please read us at blog.womeninhollywood.com. Also make sure to check out our resources at womeninhollywood.com subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud. Today's guest is the wonderful Gina Prince-Bythewood. She is the writer-director of Love and Basketball and The Secret Life of Bees and The Amazing Beyond the Lights, and she is going to talk to us about her new Fox series, Shots Fired. Welcome, Gina.
1: Get out. Get on the ground now. Get on the ground. There's been a police shooting of an unarmed man today. governor called personally. She doesn't want another Ferguson. All I care about is the truth, and my truth has no color. I have assurances from the department you'll have their full cooperation. I'm not a fan of surprises, so I'd appreciate being kept up to speed. I read your report. I just want to hear it from you. I just want to step out of the vehicle, but as he steps out, he rushes for my
0: gun, gets a hand on it. And in that moment, it was either him or me. And I shot him.
1: Four times. Yes, he, he continued to struggle. The officer said he went for his gun. Jesse would never do that. Y'all ain't seen nothing or hear nothing? <laughs> but we're not police. We're investigating police.
0: Today, our guest is the awesome Gina Prince-Bicewood, who is going to be talking about women, Hollywood, and her fantastic new Fox series, Shots Fired. Welcome, Gina good to be here. <laughs> so I I want to start with this series. It's uh, So here's the story. I'm in physical therapy, and people were just like, you know, doing their exercises, and then <laughs> people just started talking about shots fired. And I'm listening, and everyone's totally into it. So you know you have lots of people watching and into the show. So I'm sure... That's people- amazing. Yeah, it was really funny. I was like, yeah, I've seen a couple of extra episodes. <laughs> So tell us why you wanted to make this series.
1: You know, the this was such a, a great collision of opportunity and desire. Um my husband and I, Reggie Rock-Bythewood, you know, this is just something we have been wanting to deal with ever since the Zimmerman trial happened yeah. and Trayvon was was his murder you know really went uh unchecked and this man got off and was such a shock in our household and especially a shock for our boys um, right. who could not understand it. And for us as parents, it wasn't something that we could hug them and tell them it's going to be okay. Because as we've seen, these things keep happening. And so my husband had actually showed um, our older son right after a documentary of Emmett Till. Um, just to show that this, this kind of thing has been happening and how the justice system doesn't always work in our country. And from that, our son, the way he dealt with what he was feeling was he wrote a short story about Trayvon Martin going to heaven to meet Emma Till. Wow. And the fact that, one, the story is beautiful, but that, that's how he chose to to deal with what he's feeling is exactly what my husband and I do, use our art to speak to things that we're going through or things we want to say to the world. And, you know, so we really thought about what we wanted to do and and say about this. And and we started really thinking about it in a screenplay sense and, and what movie could we do? Um, And then Ferguson happened and the eruption of that in America. And that's when I got a call from Fox, the head of Fox, Dana Walden reached out to imagine uh, and said, Hey, we'd like to, do a series of deals with, with something in the space. Do you know somebody? And I had just done a pilot for, for imagine with Francie Calfo and Brian Grazier. And so they reached out and said, Hey, is this something you might be interested in thinking about? And um was not thinking about going back to TV at all, mm-hmm. but the opportunity to like, it was wide open. How do I want to tell the story? Right. I could do it any way I wanted um, and have this platform and, on a on a network um so went home and, and talked to reg and we just realized that this was an opportunity that we couldn't pass up the, the ability to to tell a story in the space and not have to try and do it in ninety minutes or two hours, but you know over an extended period of time and the fact that we got ten hours to do it it just felt great, and you know as we've said this this whole time we were shooting it and making it that we just attacked it as a ten hour film as as opposed to a, a TV series. Can
0: we just take a pause and say, I met you a couple of years ago. You came to the Tina film festival and you talked mm-hmm. about your struggles to get beyond the light sun and other things. Mm-hmm. And this is just so exciting that, you know, they called you, you'd done the- <laughs> I mean, does, does that feel, I mean, I must feel a little different in terms of the opportunities you're afforded
1: now. Well, it, you know, it's interesting. I mean, Well, what I will say is in the film world, yeah, Beyond the Lights was absolutely a struggle. And every film except for Secret Life of Bees uh, was a struggle to get made. But it's more so my struggles happen because of the kind of stories I want to tell as opposed to being offered films. So I could, you know, which is a I mean, I'm absolutely uh, blessed to to be in that space of being able to turn down work. But when I do want to make the films I want to make, which usually focus on women of color, it is a, you know, it's a struggle. So, yeah, it was a, a lot different to be handed something and, and not only handed but asked multiple times. Because, as I said, I was reticent at first to go back to television because I actually I already have my next film set up. Right. Um, so.
0: Which I want to talk about in a minute. Um, <laughs> but TV is so different than what it was, I mean, yes. you were you were on a TV show that was a series, a weekly series, whereas here you had the kind of limited. Okay, got ten hours. We're thinking about it almost as a movie.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I started in television with a different world, right? And then worked in TV for five years before leaving to do Love and Basketball. So to come back, it was funny. One of the caveats, though, when I said yes, um, we want to do the series. I said, though, I wouldn't I don't want to do more than 13 episodes right. uh, because, one, i like that limited spot. It feels like it gives it a beginning, beginning, middle and end. But also I knew that then it gave me the opportunity to then go back and, and do my film. So it was I mean, it was pretty blessed. And again, the, the ability to, to cast it the way we wanted and to. You know, tell the story and not get notes on oh you're going too far, you're saying too much. It was really a, I mean it was it was a really good experience. So talk a little bit about
0: the character of Ash and Sana. You brought her back. Um <laughs> You've been in, you know she's she's your muse, and yes. you know how you were able to put together such an interesting woman.
1: Talk yeah, a little I mean, bit about that. Yeah, I love I love Ash tremendously she's a woman i don't think that we've seen um and you know it's interesting you know and i've said this but it's true you know when you're starting to write at least for me um and also for reg it starts with you know an idea but it starts with character as well and i just remember the first image of ash um, before I started writing, was I just had this image of a, a black woman standing in front of a house, staring through a window, watching another woman mother her child, and the gun is in their hand. It was like what I wanted to know her story, mm-hmm. you know. And it's funny, Reg and I joke that that Ash is almost as if Monica from Love and Basketball, you know, quit basketball, had a you know horrible marriage and went into law enforcement like that. And that's you know who, who Ash is. But you know, Ash is just so unapologetically passionate and complicated and flawed and vulnerable and all just so many things. She was she was fun to write but also fun to put on screen and and it's interesting to put women up on screen who have a toughness and a vulnerability. Um, I don't think that we always get that. I mean, she's absolutely, it's an ensemble and a beautiful ensemble, but she and Preston are, are right. the leads. And and she's, she's volatile. She is absolutely volatile. And that's that's something, it's interesting because it's something that happens to women in law enforcement, but it's never dealt with in in film and television, you see it with male characters, but female characters in law enforcement go through the same thing of PTSD and you know how your moral compass changes when you deal with the worst of society every single day, and especially if you have a child and you're trying to keep a relationship. Um, the research we did, we did so much research, and uh, two women in particular were, were such great templates for Ash. A woman named Francesca. Who's in investigated with the DOJ um, and a woman named Cheryl, who was a 20-year vet of the LAPD. I just spent great time with them. They spent time with their writing staff, and then Sanaa got to hang with them as well. And mm. it, it is tremendous. And and these women are just badass. And I love to put women like that on screen because, you know, growing up and playing sports like that mentality is normal to me and it's not normal to every woman about that it's okay to be aggressive and and ambitious and want to be the best and leave everything out on the floor and and try and be better than the next. Like Those are things I grew up with as normal, but I would love to impart that into more girls and women so that when you grow up, you you have that inside of you and, and men like Trump don't get elected.
0: You see that with you know women who play sports, it's it's a whole different kind of person. Mm-hmm. You're right, absolutely. You're right. So do you feel like you could do different things with the female characters in this TV show versus what you could do in films? Like ex- what's acceptable? Mm-hmm. I mean, you may you don't make the mainstreamy, you know, big Hollywood fare, but you could. I just feel like we just get so much more nuance on television than we do in film. I think what it is what
1: what. Raja and I are so excited about with this is the range of women that are in the show. I mean, there are women from all walks of life in all different aspects of life, and they're all strong in a different way. And in television, because we have these 10 hours, I think we're able to give each of these women a full arc, whereas in a film, you've got 90 minutes to two hours, so you can really only focus on giving one or two characters a full arc. So, you know, this... uh, Shamika who who's you know whose son Joey Campbell is killed to see her transformation from a mother and a victim uh all the way to where she ends up at the end of the 10 hours Jill Hennessy her character and in, in losing a child what is her path um the governor this first female governor Helen Hunt seeing her full arc um Carrie Beck the 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 wife of um, a sheriff who has killed a, a young man and then is now under incredible scrutiny. Like All these different women, these different strengths that they have, that was just really fun for, for Reggie and I to explore. Absolutely.
0: So I wanted to ask you what, you what the reaction has been, and were you nervous at all about, you know, when it was unveiled and politically what was going on in the country? Talk a little bit about kind of the reception that you've received.
1: For the series, well, that has been well foremost. Before it came out, you know, we were nervous. Once we once we sent out, you know, some of them for for press because you just don't know right. how people are going to react. And the reaction has been so good, and it's interesting because we did write this. We wanted it on television ultimately for a broad audience. We don't want to spend 10 hours just venting. We want to say something to the world and and you know, kind of give a path of how can we fix the issues between law enforcement and community, and also how can we create empathy for characters and people that, you know, you don't normally even interact with in your real life. And so that we've been able to do that on both sides of the audience um, has been a really beautiful thing. And um, and then also the reaction of people to Ash. Um, she is really galvanized women, and that was something, I mean, we thought she was cool, but the fact that people, despite her flaws, they are still, they're still attracted to her and her strength, and that's just been a really cool thing to see. Yeah.
0: So, one of the other, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, your next film. Is this going to be an untamed state?
1: Yes. Right. So yes.
0: Where, where you are you far with that?
1: Where am I with that? Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, um, Roxanne Gay wrote an incredible novel.
0: Right. And
1: she and I are writing it together, which is something in terms of other than my husband, I've never written something with somebody. So this is different for me. But her writing was so being in an untamed state, she, she earned that right to, you know, to, to work on it. So right now we're writing that and then I will direct it. Um, Gugu and Batha Raz attached a star, um, my other muse, yeah. and uh, and that was exciting because when I read the book, that's exactly who I pictured. And then when I called Roxanne, she said, "That's who I want," you know. So that was a great, you know, uh, connection there. So and that's with Fox Searchlight. And I will say something about this industry and why the process was so ultimately beautiful. is That so we have Mike DeLuca, who is producing, who's a brilliant producer. And, and he gave me my first shot with Love and Basketball. Um, he's he's the one that greenlit it for me. And, and uh, he, he came aboard and just saw the beauty in the material. And so we started going out with it to a couple places. And, you know, every place we went, it was, you know, usually a man that we're pitching to. Um, And it was always people love the material and love Mike and love my work, um, but it wasn't it wasn't going anywhere. And uh, then we went to Searchlight and sat with two women of color, uh, Anika McLaren and Dan tram And it was one of the best meetings I've had in my career. The passion that they have for the material, that they just got it, their passion Mm -hmm. for us. It was it was such an incredible meeting because it was all these women in the room feeding off of each other. Right. Um, And I really left that meeting and Roxanne was kind of blown away. And I told her that doesn't always happen, Um, but it's what should be happening in this industry more that, that there are women, you know, more women, in power to green light projects.
0: I mean it's a um, the whole point like there are as a diversity of movies there are a diversity of executives make
1: exactly. different kinds of movies. Exactly and that it was just so beautifully exemplified in that and it's the same I'll say I, I can't talk about specifically but there's another project I'm about to take on and it's it's the same thing the studio that it's going to be at is run by a, a brilliant woman who's been there for a while and all the producers and execs are female
0: mm-hmm. and it's a
1: amazing story that has not been told we have not seen it before and it's that it's because there's women in the room and that's that's all it takes it's not even you know, it's not even a PC thing. It's just a, it's better for the industry. I mean, Reg and I talked about that with Shots Fired and the fact that going in, you know, we said it's got to have at least half the directors need to be women and the majority people of color. And it's, and it wasn't a PC thing. It makes the storytelling better. And it wasn't hard to accomplish, was it? At, at all, which is the, I so, it drives me nuts to hear executives or producers say we looked but we couldn't find anybody or we decided that we just wanted to go with the best person as if the best person cannot be a woman or a person of color that is you know by far the most offensive thing and you hear it over and over but it was so easy and honestly there were there were some women we went after that that weren't available which was a beautiful thing but the the women that we got with Casey Lemons and Amy Mann I mean, just real. They just made the show better, um, and that's that's what adding diversity does. It's just it just adds different things to yeah. to the storytelling. They, where's Jonathan Demi who did a specific hour for us, brought something brilliant to to hour six. You right. know, so it's just Not- better. Not rocket science. It's just
0: the way it should be. Just building a little bit on on the conversation about the women. So you see, you've seen, you've been in these meetings. Like, what what's next? Other than just hire women, you know? What do you see? How do, how people can change? Is there other things to throw into this conversation?
1: I mean, it, it, the mentality has to change, and that. I think the only thing that's going to change that is the increased pressure. I mean it's been building for years but it really has you know, been building into a shout at this point. Right. And people are absolutely talking about it and aware of it and know I mean the numbers they they don't lie. The numbers are abysmal. And so I, I feel like gosh it's hard. <laughs> I mean, as soon as there's Women in power things change, and um and as i said it we're we're starting to see that um, but it's it's you know it's gonna take it's we it's gonna take all of us I mean I'll give an example like um an editor friend of mine who is absolutely brilliant, has been around for a long time, has done great movies is struggling to find work mm-hmm. and was interested in going in on an independent project. And the male producer looked at a resume and said, I just don't see it. Like how? So then I called realized that producer knows a female executive mine uh, a friend of mine. So I called her and said, look, this is what's happening. You just work with her. You know how great she is. We need to get her in the room because when she's in the room, you're going to hear her passion and you, you can't not hire her. Like just get her in the room. Right. And so she did that and, and just reached out. And so that's what it's going to take. It, it It's like getting us in the room, This this block, this mental block. We just have to push past it. We have to kick past it. And it takes that extra effort and, and it's annoying and offensive in, in some respects to even have to do this for somebody who is great, but we have to do that. So we have to use our resources and our connections to, to keep kicking open doors and getting getting us into the room. Um, because I feel, again, once we're in the room, we then have the opportunity to break down these stereotypes that people may have of, Oh, you can't do that type of film, or you don't want to do that type of film. You know, I want to do Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and there's many women that want to do Marvel. I just did the the Marvel Cloak and Dagger pilot because I wanted to do that. It was fun to do the effects and and the stunts and and tell that story in that universe. You know, so it's it's it just. And Marvel has a lot of, you know, women in positions, too, which, you know, it just speaks to, again, just put us in the position, get us in the room, and that will change everything. Well,
0: now that the line between TV and film is not, is is so fluid, right, that Mm -hmm. people go back and forth so much more, you think that now with the success of Shots Fired, do you think that you'll have other kind of film opportunities after you do Roxane Gay? Or for you, is it about, like, because Ava says she's going to, you know, she's going to, she does what she wants in terms of the types of films. Like, are you, do you feel like you're going to be able to challenge yourself? I mean, you always do, to, to, you know, think about things that you might not have allowed yourself
1: to think about in the past? Um, I would say I've always had, and I will attribute to the sports. I never think I cannot do something. Right, so right. I'm going after some things that that are big, but uh, I know I can do it. You well, know. Yeah. So I think you have to start with that mentality, that swagger of, I belong in the room, um, as opposed to we've never been in the room. So so I guess we're not supposed to be there. Do your uh,
0: representatives? Um- feel differently now? I mean, are yeah, they pushing harder for different things
1: now? Yeah. Well, my, my reps are great. I have a, a female agent, Karen Sage. And yeah, I mean, we, there are no limitations and yeah. we have a plan of building towards, and the film I can't talk about yet is an absolute escalation in terms of scope and genre. I mean, the only genres I don't like are, are horror and uh, i hate to start in terms of what i want to do is horror and western two things i i I don't have a desire to do but everything else you know uh, absolutely want to get my hands dirty sounds awesome
0: all right well i'm going to let you go but thanks thanks so much for taking your time and we will keep watching shots fired
1: i appreciate it wednesday's
0: eight o'clock on fox eight o'clock on fox thanks gina really appreciate your time talk to you. okay bye. bye thank you for listening to conversations with women in hollywood for more podcasts and daily updates please go to blog.women for resources to subscribe to our weekly newsletter and to help support the work of women in hollywood please go to our website women thank you this podcast is produced by adam shartoff music is by laura carpman